In this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about eating the squirrel, embracing your art, and exploring the dark side of the stove in our chat about Tantalize with author Cynthia Leidig-Smith. Welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult and sometimes other books, series, authors, voice actors, and illustrators that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to talk to Cynthia Ledich smith author of Tantalize. <laughs> Claire, yes. is it time? Is it finally it is time? time? It is very much time. Would you rather pew 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 So, um, I don't know if everyone heard that, but we did have an extra special additional sound effect that time, and it came from our very good brand new author friend, Cynthia Lydic Smith, who has joined us. Yay! Yay! We're so excited that we somehow magically connected with you on social media and you were like yeah heck yeah i'm gonna join your show of course manifesting manifesting manifesting. it's an honor thank you for inviting me i am delighted we love it we love it so much um okay so claire do you want to just jump right in what's our first question yeah yes well on social media we asked would you rather eat from the prayer menu or the predator menu and on facebook 88 percent said prayer on Instagram, 100% said Predator, as did TikTok. And on threads, they were 50-50. Some comments which may help us with our own decision. Brie on Facebook, superfan Brie, said, As much as I am a happy omnivore, Prey has dessert. Dessert always wins. Like, Predator has dessert too, you just probably don't want to eat a squirrel. It's fine. The baby squirrel. A certain person to eat a squirrel. A certain kind of person who, who may need a change in their life mm. or their death. Some something that something that calls, calls deeply to the mm. carnivore within, mm. and, and at a level that is perhaps heightened from the <laughs> average cattle or poultry connoisseur. <laughs> Emily on Facebook says, I love Cynthia Lydic Smith. I've read three of her books. Rain is not my Indian name. Hearts Unbroken, Sisters of the Never Sea. This will be excited. So she didn't even answer the question. She just wanted to fangirl about you a little bit, which is 100% okay. I return the love. It flows. I appreciate that. Katrina on Facebook, superfan Katrina, said, Prayer menu. I'd rather not risk something special. What a wise diner. Savvy. I would say savvy. Mm, yes. Superfan Coral said, Prey had me at eggplant parm. Yes, please. And yet a purple vegetable exists in nature, which I find spooky. Yes, it's very dark. Unsettling. Very yes. dark. Yes. You just never know what might be in there. <laughs> now you got clear well, thinking that, about a, it. Sorry, that's an image. That's put down. Okay. <laughs> Drew on Facebook, superfan Drew. I will risk it all and go for the Predator menu. Well done, Drew. We knew we could rely on you. Good job. Good job, Drew. Go big or go home? 
Superfan Constance on Facebook says, Both menus sound delicious to me, so I'll pick the menu I'd rather cook. I would do the prey menu. There is a reason I went the pastry route in the culinary field. I do not like breaking down the meat. Yeah, well, that's like all this menu is. So, smart. Good choice. I mean, to each their own. You choose your path. True, exactly. Lastly, superfan Crillin Lafroy on Threads said, I've been a vegetarian for seven years now, so I'm picking the prey menu. Plus, eggplant palm and tiramisu sounds amazing. Mm. Mm-hmm. But listen, friends, the predator menu means you get to turn into a vampire, so there is no question I would swallow my pride and that squirrel. I'm going to eat the squirrel, even though I really, really don't want to. If I get to be a vampire, eating a squirrel. It's an edgy choice. I'm doing it. One of the interesting things about being an author is that if you put food in a book, people will serve it to you. So (laughs) I just want you to think about what I have embraced for my art with tantalize and beyond oh you're brave nice actually you know one of my favorite events was in uh kalamazoo michigan and it was at a juvenile detention center and they had a program for readers and i came in and the librarian said to me that a number of it was all girls the number of the girls had actually come back for the author event which is unusual because usually you leave juvie and you're glad to be out of there but they they wanted to take part in it they all made me uh this amazing sanguinis dinner and they decked out the table and it was just it was phenomenal it wow. I, I think that uh cooking is at, is very creative in the way that writing or painting or anything else is and uh you know i just I hope that the menu gives people permission to maybe explore their dark side on the stove. Oh, oh explore their dark side on the stove is like a fantastic line. I love it. It, it takes a whole new meaning because I've been, like Amanda knows, I've been diving into true crime lately and I've been reading about and listening about a lot of like cannibalistic things. So that's a whole different kettle of fish. So that exploring the dark side. Have you read Fried Green it's Tomatoes? Me. No. Looks yet. sweet, looks cozy, looks homey, looks all about girl love and happy things, but just keep turning the pages. It's deceptive. Okay. That's amazing. Deceptive chicken fried literature. I'm telling you. <laughs> chicken fried. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are full of gems um claire what are you eating did you answer this i did not um the this is we said this in the discussion that this actually reminds me of a conversation we had with author amy mccall where i was convinced that you could serve somebody um black pudding which is i don't know if it translates over to the u.s but um it's a thing over in the uk which is essentially blood with wheat and other bits and play things in and i freaking love it so predator all the way but if you ate it and it was for example vampire blood and you could then transform into vampire from eating black pudding you know i wouldn't i would have that breakfast i'd be happy so i think it's quite an obvious choice i'm gonna pick the predator menu 
My only problem is with the squirrel, I always associate squirrel less with delicacy and more with uh, roadkill. A certain um, fusion approach. I yes. actually did pull from uh, Romanian cookbooks, Eastern European cookbooks, as well as Central Texas. And I had a tax deductible excuse to go to every Italian restaurant in the city of Austin. So nice. I'm surprised that because I, I I feel that research is important. I I am one hundred percent behind that, and I I applaud that. That's amazing. That's fantastic. That's absolutely amazing. Um. So Cynthia, did you did you answer this one? I did not, and I I am still pondering a bit. I have an affection for squirrels. I, I find them cute and not just in a rats in a cuter outfit kind of way, more in a, I think that's a sex in the city quote popping in my brain, but more in a tiny creatures I put food out for on a regular basis. So as they may think of me as my friend, it feels like the ultimate betrayal. And yet I do like the idea of fighting the forces of darkness from within or at least getting the really cool outfits. So I'm gonna lean predator with a few caveats maybe one of those it takes me 15 minutes to order kind of situations but we'll get there okay good i'm glad i'm glad you're you're giving up your friends you're sacrificing your friends to eat them to become a vampire and i think that's only to make the world uh you know slightly more interesting place yes (laughs) and if they're really your friends they don't understand that they would. Well, they're either friends or they're stock. It's 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 hard to tell. You know, it's we we'll, we'll we'll have to put a pin in that one. Friends or pantry. This is often the question that plagues our hearts. <laughs> okay, next question. Would you rather be a were possum or a were armadillo? So impossible all the way, and maybe it's because I live in Texas, and with one exception, armadillo deli deluxe. I, I don't know what what is the plural of armadillo. We don't know. Armadillos I have seen have been largely uh, roadside and in not what you would call a, a happy place. Whereas I I really do feel that the possum, the appeal of the possum is underestimated. Possum is slinky. Uh, a possum has teeth. I, I had a moment of possum encounter that in in fact inspired Clyde and, and I can tell you it is a not unimpressive set of chompers. You gotta give the possum their due. Yeah, and also they have pockets, so they do, <laughs> which is useful. I mean we were always asking for it in the dress. So yeah. wardrobe key. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the details. Hi, do you like my yeah, wearful? I definitely it has pockets. <laughs> yes. I definitely choose the possum. Definitely. And it's not just because I really like Clyde as a character. It's because possums are better than armadillos. I I want to play dead. I think it'd be funny. You know, it's a bit of a party trick, really, isn't it? Yeah. It seems to work, but you don't want to corner a possum either. No. They're pointy little teeth will definitely come out and what, what i'm imagining is I'm, I'm putting the clothes on the air or something in the door 
Belgors. And I always get a shock when no. I draw Belgors because I don't like people. Um, you know, this is my house, you keep away from it. And so I'll be like, <gasps> and then they're dead. Definitely. Okay, next question. Would you rather manage fat Lorenzos or sanguinis? In terms of long-term survival, fat Lorenzos is probably the safer bet, but it's already struggling financially. So I'm going with sanguinis in part because, to be perfectly candid, I love the drama. I love the theater. I love the clothes. I, I feel that in this situation that both the food and the fashion are a means of self-expression and you walk in and you are literally and metaphorically a character. You can be who you want to be, if only for one night in a fully submerged situation. I, I can imagine with Sanguinis, like... Is a bachelorette, you call them bachelor hen parties, bachelorette parties. Mm-hmm. Like you could do a special on those and that would just keep you financially afloat. Come to Sanguinis for your bachelorette party. That's and, true. You know, you know, you'll have a massive vampire night and or birthdays, bar mitzvahs, I don't know. Um, you know, and people really just flocking there for the whole experience. Yeah. If I had infinite budget. I would absolutely open Sanguinis on South Congress. I would have the blue carpet. I would have the chandeliers. I would have, I mean, really, it's, I can see it in the theater of my mind, in my mind's eye. And I feel that it is a perfect fit in some ways for Austin, but also in, even though these books have been around a while, just for this moment, because I think we, we all could use an escape now and then. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Can can there be a fax machine in the office? <laughs> sure. There I don't has, see why not. There has to be a fax machine. <laughs> we have to. Have to be in the office. Yes. We just, have to bring it back. This is an homage to when, it, when, when the book came out. As we were discussing it, when you can always date a book by the technology. Oh, absolutely! Technology is the hardest thing. Oh. There are writers who try to just omit it, but then that seems dated too. I just did an update of my uh, debut novel a couple of years ago. Rain is not my Indian name, and um, answering machine became voice recorder. Just there were so many little things that changed. Uh, theoretically, if it's good contemporary fiction, it can become good historical fiction over time. But uh, there is this slipstream in between where people will reject the book because it seems not current even though it's it's a moving target it's impossible to hit it's one of the reasons um editors are always telling us we have to be very careful about using slang and pop culture references you know especially because so much is hot in a moment there are exceptions you can always use star wars you can always use sinatra uh you mm-hmm. beyonce is like diamonds she is forever but you have to choose carefully yeah yeah I think that was probably the only thing in the book, technologically wise, where it made me stand out. Where you would be, it would be emailed now, and it would be quick enough. But I liked it because I like the fact it's a fax machine. 
because I remember having this conversation with my nine-year-old son just a couple of weeks ago about what a fax machine was and feeling ancient, but at the same time, like, even when I was younger, faxes were so infrequent. Like, I think I've used a fax machine about half a dozen times at work, and that's about it. See... Well, and sometimes things come back. Boom boxes came back because they were portable. They weren't that expensive. You could load them up and move them out, and you you didn't have to worry about getting a signal or service. So yes. you, sometimes things... Beca- you know, um, record players came back. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's more of a niche. You know, there are certain kind of people that like vinyl, but... Th- Everything in time, it, it's sort of the, we are everyone we ever were and everyone we will ever be. It's still us. And in yeah. some ways, the world around us is the same. Yeah. I just feel like I need to let everyone know that you can step into almost guaranteed any public library and use a fax machine. Just just so we're clear, the fax machines at my library system have been down and whole oh boy, people are mad that they cannot send their faxes. And like, well, we can scan it. We can scan it and send it into it. E- no, got to be a fax. So I'm just saying. Twenty twenty four fans of retro technology. You know, yeah. they in much the same way that they are always concerned about inflation because they remember when cars were fifteen dollars. They are still clinging to those memories today, even though here we are, 21st century. Yeah. Fax machine still exists. I'm opening up a new library, and on social media, people are like, is there going to be a fax machine? Like, yeah, man, going to have a fax machine. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Got you covered. have a dumpster dive for it, but you're going to get one. Jeez. And I thought seeing a van with a fax machine the other week as I was driving into work, and I was like, what? They're advertising that they still have a fax number? Wow. It must be a US thing, because I do not know anybody in the UK who would even contemplate a fax. Ever. Even when it was a thing, because it's a scary form of communication. <laughs> well, you never... I mean, you you sort of hope that it goes to the right phone number. <laughs> right. <laughs> The only person who ever needs to use a fax is Bruce Willis in Die Hard 2 when he has to send the the fingerprints to get them checked to see who the terrorists are. That's the only good reason for a fax, in my opinion. Anything. (laughs) Are we moving on to the next question? Oh, this is my... We're all managing sanguinis, by the way. That that was a blankish. I mean, I don't even know why we asked. Yeah, there's no point. There's no point in asking questions. If vampires are involved, that is what we choose. This next question, though, it might, it might throw you for a loop here because there's a there's a little bit of an addition to it. Would you rather eat a semi-thawed chicken leg like a popsicle or eat a chilled baby squirrel? However, caveat, there will be no salmonella, so that's good, but also no vampirism. <gasps> Boo! I know. I know. I ruined it for everyone just then. All right. No vampirism benefit. I'm going to go with the chicken over the squirrel out of some kind of mammalian solidarity. 
Because, you know, chicken, basically a T-Rex. They've had their time. Whereas we're more recently, it's a, just, it's a little more tenuous, we have to think. Family tree and all. Loyalty. <laughs> it's the popsicle thing, though. That's going to oh. take a little while. And as you're eating it, it's going to start thawing out properly to the point where you're actually just eating it like raw chicken. Oh, and then she's like... the baby squirrel is only going to be small. And you can just pop that in there and swallow it. You know, a couple of munches and you're done. That's true. And it's like got the... the... Brudite? <laughs> yeah. Yes. With like an order of baby chilled baby squirrel. And it's also <laughs> got like flavor it's got the the honey cream sauce whereas the pops the chicken like popsicle is just straight up raw chicken and oh when she's describing sucking all the juices out of it i was like oh my god oh it's oh it's gross oh i hate it i mean Mm. you're reluctant i know i know i am an unenthusiastic carnivore so I'm going to go I, baby squirrel. I think it'd be easy. You know, one and done. I don't want to be messing around eating a popsicle that's semi-thawed meat. Yeah, no. I'm going to... I'm going to... texture thing. I'm going to eat the squirrel for the sauce. Just, just like, swirl it around in there and that's, like, the majority of the flavor. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. I mean, maybe if it was barbecue sauce on the chicken, would that help? That would help. Oh, no, You're that right. That would worse. help. That would help. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. No? Cheese sauce. It's cheese sauce. Oh. Cheese. Oh, I cheese. can't imagine having... Barbecue sauce is rank. Butter? It's just... Mm. Oh, I don't want to lick butter. Oh. No, no. no <laughs> so, I'm, just, I'm sticking with the baby squirrel. What is... What is your stance on escargot? Because really, that's mostly Fine. about the butter. Escargot is nice. I've had that before. It's fine. Not keen on oysters, too slimy. Raw oysters, too slimy. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not an oyster person. Mm -mm, No. Carpaccio. Mahad. No, I haven't had that. Okay, so it's basically very thinly sliced straw beef. And it's a a thing. You can get it in restaurants. I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I would eat that. I, I mean, I would prefer not to eat raw meat but i don't know sushi sashimi <gasps> freaking love sushi everything about sushi i've my my child is a sushi monster i've raised a monster he will eat your fingers to get the sushi oh sushi. how many fingers has he eaten what? is your child a human or a chihuahua mine my, my child is a chihuahua and there 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 is sometimes pain involved <laughs> Um, I'm tr- we're trying to convince him that he's a goblin, um, but he just keeps turning to me. Mama, I'm not a goblin. Stop saying I'm a goblin. I was like, but I'm a goblin mummy, so you must be a goblin child because you came from mummy. Shut up, mummy. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> the logic flows, yeah. What is our last would you rather question, Claire? Before I delve into just thinking about sushi and cheese. Okay. <laughs> Oh, oh no, one. not cheese and sushi. Those don't not go together. together. No, not together separately, but, you know, my heart belongs to them. Thinking like sushi fondue, that doesn't work. No. Mm. No. Mm. Is that a fish pie? Is it fish pie with rice? Okay, okay. 
Anywho, um, whose style would you rather wear every day? Henry's before he became Bradley, Uncle D's or Ruby's? I, I am tempted to say Ruby's, although I, I'm thinking those heels could really pinch after a while. In fact, I think the whole thing might be a little constraining. Um, Brad just in, in the early days, he's just not expressing himself fully. So I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Davidson. It's it's laid back. It, it's cool. There's a there's a bit of a Margaritaville vibe to it. I, I'm I'm based in Austin. I I can down with that. Okay, but wait, are you wearing? Okay, you're you're obviously wearing Birkenstocks, but are you wearing socks? with your with your sandals no because it's way too hot okay good way too hot good good yeah. but but definitely you know some florals some casual casual comfy kickback i could do that maybe a straw hat just for fun mm, yes i think i have to choose ruby um, I just got a really delicious pair of high-heeled boots that i ordered um, in the mail, and they are very dark and gothic, and I love them. So you don't want to wear the heels because they're going to pinch, but my, one of my favorite things to wear is ugly, gaudy shoes. So I'm going to pick <laughs> Ruby. Excellent. See, my argument is, if you're going to go goth, you don't have to wear heels. And, you know, I did, you know, I had the best. They were just wedge, like, goth boots. Mm, and mm-hmm. they were about three inches and yeah. they were just the most comfortable boots I have ever owned in my life and it yeah. gave me height but there was no high heel to it yeah. and it, they were ruined by snow one year because they were the best <sighs> snow boots as well I did not fall <sighs> over at all but they were ruined one year by snow and I absolutely freaking loved them and you know I, 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 I have the outside of the how did we describe it before on the outside were glitter on the inside dark yes you know yes black on the inside goth on the inside emo on the inside shiny and perky on the outside so goth all the way i could not pull off cowboy i'd look freaking stupid (laughs) cowboy's all about the attitude i do have a pair of wedges that were made um, from the tantalized graphic novel. I don't oh. have them with me, but I could send you a picture if you would yes. like to see them. Yeah, uh, yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred, yes. Uh, speaking of Ruby, have you are you guys aware that there is a spin-off trilogy to the Tantalized series that is starring Clyde and Ruby's little brother, Yoshi and Amy and a new character named Kayla? No. And also No, so just FYI. I'm already first. adding it to my Feral list. Knights, Feral Curse, Feral Pride, and in Feral Pride, all the tantalized protagonists come back. So oh. these are books in a world. Just for fun. Just FYI. Um, yeah, I needed that in my just, life. I have... Mm, it's so am, much Clyde. <laughs> I love Clyde. Like I love Clyde. Um, I'm so sad because I... 99% of my books are are audiobooks and I can't find the last one in audio anywhere so I'm going to have to break down and like sit down and read a book. The, 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 the pain it, it tears at the soul. 
it's 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 heart wrenching, really. It is. Okay, well, that one that's on my list. Okay, good. Thank you for that. Oh, now, okay, well, that's the end. That's the end of Would You Rather. So we have to move on to our other questions that are not Would You Rather. And this is a perfect segue because we need to know what you would wear to the opening of Sanguinis. Claire, no she is... Move on. Claire, she is, <laughs> she is one of us. She dressed up for an audio podcast. I did. So, yes, I have the capes. I have... Um, the sparkles. I yes. have, I have this beautiful, oh, beautiful skull yes. bracelet. I have something very yes. similar. Yes. So I, uh, you know, fully embrace the opportunity. Yeah. How often do you get to reinvent yourself for a night or for as long as you choose to stay? Maybe it's the Hotel California. Maybe. Sanguinis, you 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 can order, but you never cash out. Who knows? I'd be These okay with that. I would one hundred percent be okay. What with happens that. in Sanguinis? Well, it doesn't stay there, but it can <laughs> change the course of your fate. Yeah, it really needs to change that policy. I feel. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we we changed the policy of Fat Lorenzo's to you know no no shirt no shoes. We, and we allowed the the body paint people to come in. Like, come on, let's do mm-hmm. it. I love it. Let's do it. Yes. Um, one of my favorite things about the book was Quincy mentioning, like, she wants it to be, you know, like a live action role playing sort of thing. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to go there so bad. <laughs> Need to yes. go there. Yes. And, you know, it's... Um... I honestly think it would go. I think that people would come. Yeah. Especially if you've ever played Vampire the Masquerade. And I have played Vampire the Masquerade and had quite an infamous character at one point. Uh, And it would be the perfect atmospheric place to hold a Vampire Masquerade RPG evening. It's true. You have the midnight toast by the vampire chef. I'm thinking people would, yeah, book a table just for that. I mean, I would game all night in some place like that. Yeah. I loved tabletop gaming yeah. RPG. So yeah, yeah, perfect. I think it would be very like appropriate to do like a pop up sort of thing, you know. So it's only open for a month, but just imagine how many people would go there. I would go there. Well, you know, I would... if anyone is listening, I'm here. I'm I'm happy to have the conversation. Possibilities abound. Yes. Like, I went to Chicago once, not not 100% specifically for this pop-up, but it was one of the things, one of the reasons why we went to Chicago that time that we traveled there. Um, there was a Save by the Bell, like, pop-up going to the max. Yeah, we went there. <laughs> we went to the max. So, I mean, Austin's not that far away from me. You could You could do it there. You were talking about if you were rolling in money. You would do it, so I suggest you do a I pop would. up. I would. That would be one of the first things I would do with my theoretical millions of dollars. Okay, good. So we need to work on getting you millions of dollars. That would be useful. I I would be good at that. You know, I have a vision. It would be. It would involve a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It would be very generous. Share the wealth. 
And yeah. and there would be a celebratory tinge to every decision made. Yes. Life's nice. short. You have to you have to celebrate the good stuff. Yeah. I vote that you do it. You're gonna you're going to employ a lot of people. Granted, only for a short amount of time, but you know, then they have experience short. doing pop-up restaurants. They have experience working in costume and with a lot of different people. So, transferable skills. Yes. You know, when I was researching, um, I, I did a lot of work on the world building for Tantalize, and there was this boutique on um, South Congress. I went in there and a, a lot of the clothing in the boutique was black, which gave me a foundation because I was looking for something elegant and sophisticated that I could build up the the gothic vibe on. And um, there was there was a clerk there and Austin has this huge bursting independent film scene. And so I said to her, because, you know, I was a struggling writer. I did not have all of the money that I theoretically will have to open my future pop-up restaurant. Sure. And so um, I said to her, I, do you mind, you know, it's it's like Wednesday afternoon. It's dead inside. Nobody else is there. I, I need to put together some outfits and take pictures of them. Um, I can't actually afford to buy them and I don't want to put you out. So I'll put everything back the way that I found it. And she looked at me with the most bored expression of any human being in the history of Homo sapiens. And she said, is this an independent film? And I said, no, I'm writing a vampire novel. And she screams, she jumps up, she comes around. She says, don't move, don't go anywhere. And then she pauses and she says, do you really write novels? I was like, yes, this would actually be my fourth published book. And she's like, don't go anywhere. She runs back. She comes back with two other people who are, you know, teens, early 20-somethings, and they start modeling possibilities for me. And so, <laughs> it, you know, it, it brightened up or darkened up, depending on your perspective. The entire afternoon, we had a fabulous time and an excellent photo shoot. And a number of those ensembles, or at least pieces of them, did make their way into the final book series. So, you know, you go out into the world, you live, you see, you talk to people. It's kind of like, um, there's this old Drew Barrymore, Hugh Grant uh, movie called Music and Lyrics, where you get stuck and so you have to go out into the world to find your inspiration. I did a lot of that with this book. Um, there, was, there was a hair salon in Austin that was supposed to be a run by living vampires who drank blood of um, virgins in caves in the Texas Hill Country. And I, I and that did make it into the book. And I wondered, you know, how did they find how a virgin? They a virgin? I don't know, but that made it into the book. And I, I, I did peek in there, there. There were a lot of sharp instruments, you know, scissors, so I was a bit nervous, but you you have to get out there. You have to kind of merge with your reality to build your fantasy. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, so our next question actually comes from a super fan, Constance, um, who was talking about being a pastry chef in our Would You Rather. Um, she... She's also a faux Texan. Yes, she is also a fellow Texan, and um, she suggested a long time ago that we read these books, and I'm like, yeah, well, I've already read them. Like, we'll get to it. We'll get to it eventually, and now we have. Um, 
but she wants to know how you chose the menus for Sanguinis and if you've made any of the items and how you would update the menu for today. I had huge stacks of cookbooks. I had um, Eastern European cookbooks, I had Romanian cookbooks, I had Texas cookbooks, a lot of grills, you know, in, in Texas we fry everything as chicken, whether or not it's chicken. So I had to take that into consideration. And I, you know, really did submerge myself in the Italian cooking cuisine scene. So I, I was looking for all of those influences to come together in the novel. If I were going to, updated, um, I, I probably would play more with fish because I think that that is where a lot, you know, pescatarians are a much bigger force now in the dining community. Um, there might even be some faux um, meat-like substances on the carnivore because I think that you really, you know, you, people think vegetarian, they think cuddly, they think cookie basket, but you know, uh, th there are some vegetarians out there who could make some really interesting, devious vampires. And so you need to respect that. We need to respect these dietary differences. Maybe it's not that they're not bloodthirsty. Maybe it's simply that they've got to watch their sugar. Or perhaps they have, you know, some other medical or moral consideration that wouldn't get in the way with their creature of night status. So we need to be more sensitive to diversity in that context. That's amazing. Just because you want to eat people doesn't mean you want to kill people. That's true. It also doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that you you might not have a problem with uh, drinking a human being, but you are uncomfortable with the idea of harming an innocent animal. Perhaps you have a bit more regard for a baby squirrel than, than you do for your neighbor. We wouldn't yes. think so, but humans are idiosyncratic creatures, and an argument could be made for the innocence of the little fuzzy creatures. I agree. Yeah, I love everything about that. So much. I guess I'm just going to keep going asking these questions because I collected a lot of these, but Claire, you have to ask the next one, okay? The, the one after this one, because I need to know your favorite type of were creature from your world, because... Hello, I love Clyde. I, I need to know. And I just, I read this book when it came out. And the only thing that I could really remember when I was trying to sell this book to Claire was like, look, it's about a vampire restaurant and there's a were possum. And she was like, okay, yes, sold reading it. So, <laughs> were possum an easy sell. special place. <laughs> I feel like I should say the Werecats because the spin-off trilogy is centered on them. But the truth is that I'm particularly fond uh, from the Feral trilogy of the uh, Tasmanian Were-Devil girl. She is, I mean, it's it's a little Warner Brothers. It's a little cartoony, but frankly, a force to be reckoned with. I also do um, have a certain creepy admiration for the turkey werevultures who oh, yes. are essentially henchmen yes. to Brad. I, 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 they are arguably, you know, betraying their own kind. I'm not saying that there aren't you know, solidarity uh, where people vultures out there, but these two, they, they're, they're walking hard on the dark side. You know, the were creatures are supposed to be a little closer to nature. 
leaning toward the forces of good and and yet there they are so you you can't you can't make assumptions we're all individuals and these vultures they made their choice and they're gonna have to live with the consequences well i mean they they don't have to do anything for their meal they just have to stand aside and look the other way but then they get you know they get their pickings they get their carcass (laughs) afterward it's a very self i mean you could call it strategic yeah. You could say I they call it are... sustainable. I think it's sustainable. It's not as if, you know, you've got the vampire killing on here, you've got the where the, the turkey vultures killing over here. No. They're taking it's all the same thing. It's 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 a sustainable it's co- you know, cohesive society. It's the circle of life, really. Supernatural <laughs> cleanup crew. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You've got to remember as well. They're on, it's the animalistic side. You know, they aren't going to be thinking the same way as a human. Or it feels wrong to impose human moral and ethic on the animal. So do we really know? Exactly. Enough it's to judge. I get upset when you see people saying, oh, my cat is vegetarian. It's like, no, your cat is not vegetarian. No. You're forcing it to eat vegetables. You are actually harming that animal. Yeah, no, don't do that. Give it some meat. Yeah. So we yeah. we were all a yes on baby squirrels for cats. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. It's fine. Yeah. My cats spent a good deal of time yesterday staring out the window at a squirrel who was licking our propane tank. Not really sure why he was licking the propane tank, but he did it, and he was very entertaining for the cats. And I'm pretty sure if I had opened that door, that squirrel would no longer exist. So gonna happen you know we we all have an animal nature in there somewhere and the thing about vampires or um shapeshifters is that really they're us right it's the magic and the metaphor yes so i i'm you're where a possum are you do you have an inner where a possum where where do you fall and I, I know this is vampire centric and I don't want to disrespect that. But given the blended nature of the narrative, is there a shifter that calls to you? Oh, I think I think a cat does call to me as much as I profess my love for Clyde being a possum and also the fact that he has pockets and that he can play dead and, you know, they're terribly fierce. Um, I mean, I just love the life of a cat. As long as you're in a good home, you know, as long as you're well taken care of, I think I would really enjoy being a cat. You could go with a big cat. You could be a were lion or a were cheetah or a were puma or jaguar, your, your, your cat name of choice. That would be. So there, there, there are options within canid, canis. No, not sets, 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 wolves. Uh, Felis. Yes. Yes. Um, I I do like the idea of like a panther sort of. I think that would be, I think that would be sexy. But then I think of like True Blood and Mm -hmm. those wear panthers and that they were essentially, you know, dealing meth the entire time. And I don't want to get on board with that. But, um, but yeah, I like... I like a cat. I really appreciate it um, when, God, at the end of the book, you know, Quincy's tied to the bed and 
Well, she might have been untied at that point. But anyway, Ruby comes downstairs and she's like licking her hand. And she's like, oh, she's just eating someone upstairs. Like, no, Quincy, she is a cat. That is why she is licking her hand. She is a cat. She just didn't get it. She just didn't get it. Quincy. All about your point of view. We, you know. Yeah. But then she's like, oh, but I want to lick it too. So it's fine. So I don't care. Ugh. Claire, inner shapeshifter? There's something... Instinctually, I feel like I need to say something like sloth, so I can just hang there. But, oh, sloths oh, are cute. They are. They are adorable. Did we say like a baby sloth? Baby sloth is so cute. They're precious. I, I love a sloth. And, you know, nobody would expect a sloth to swipe at you with their giant claws and take off your face. But probably a bear. Ooh, I could see you being a bear. I would be a werebear. I could see you because, being a bear. Like, it's the cutest and cuddliest of all were creatures. Where you think, "Oh, it's a teddy bear." No, I'm gonna, I'm, I will, I will get you. Because I mean, if it came down to a fight, which tends these things tend to end up being, you know, a bear versus a big cat, will a bear will win every single time. It's got that it, it it's been proven it has history when they were so transporting next... all of animals. So I'm thinking about the survival plus. I love a nap. And imagine mm. how tasty you could hibernate as a werebear. Mm. You know, have those lovely naps. Eat some snacks. Have a sleep. Mm. I just that, that feels really good. And nobody would want to nobody would want to mess with a bear. And you don't have to, you know, the, the, I don't know, just Black bear, so brown bear, polar bear, koala bear. Koala bear. I think it's not actually a bear. Uh, red panda. <gasps> so red cute. Pandas. I know. I had a soft toy red panda and it was called Thrigby because I got it from a place called Thrigby Paul where there was loads of red pandas. Um, I don't know what kind of bear. I don't know enough about individual bears. Polar bears are pretty much the apex predator of all bears though when it comes to when you think about it. But I don't want to be an endangered species. Yeah. yeah they're endangered species. Yeah. I just need I a point. I don't know what kind of bear. Not a panda, because pandas are just are ridiculous, and I love them, but they're ridiculous. I just I want to comment on the fact that you, in your bear form, were immediately going to fight me in my cat form, and that makes me sad because I feel like we would team up and be best friends, and you oh, automatically no, said that we you would kill up. me. So no, no, we would, we would team up and be best friends. <laughs> but I have a feeling that as a were bear, I would be outnumbered by were cats. I would keep I you just, safe from just, just thinking about the all the cats. people in the group threads. Every single one of you guys are like, "Oh, cats! Oh, cats!" And I'm sitting there going, "Cats? Yeah." I'm just upset, Claire. Is all I'm saying. But it's but fine. it doesn't matter because I'm going to be a vampire anyways. That's true. Why are we even having this conversation? <laughs> okay, so moving on from Shapeshifter Fight Club. <laughs> Moving on from Shapeshifter Fight Club, which is not going to exist because we're vampires anyway. So it means right. we'll be the and also, bosses of it all. you're not allowed to talk about Fight Club, so... No, no, we're not going to talk no. about it. Let's talk about vampires instead, and let's talk about vampire books. So obviously, yes. you know, Dracula is a favourite. You, you know, it Quincy is. is your homage. What Quincy, other vampire and books? really, if you um, look at the other books in the series, each one of them... Go, gets closer to the core novel 
Blessed, so there, there, there are four books, right? Tantalize, Eternal, Blessed, and Diabolical. Blessed picks up where Tantalize leaves off and crosses over Tantalize and Eternal. Diabolical is last. So in Diabolical, you get to see Dracula's origins at <sighs> the school where he learned his trade. So it's it's deep Dracula. See, I haven't read that one yet because I I read them all this week and I haven't, like I said, I couldn't get that one on audio. So I'm going to have to read that one. So it's going to take me a little bit longer. But God, I just loved everything that happened in book three when she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, look, I had this this person in my family line. His name is also Quincy P. Morris. And oh, God. <laughs> That's my great great uncle. Oh my god! I have not amazing. read them yet because if I read them, I I I don't want to give spoilers out for. I know it's been so hard. I cannot I read them bright. until we've we've had that discussion. So they, it's my next week while I'm in the office. <sighs> listens so good. Except for diabolical, I gotta, so there was gotta read that one. A, a, so, a question the, what, about what you, the forgetting Dracula, you're not allowed to say Dracula. Dracula is on the shelf. We've read it. We acknowledge it's good. Um, what other vampire books do you like? Other vampire, I'm. I'll, I'll, I'll pick one that's a little more obscure. Um, at least lately, it's called Thirsty by M. T. Anderson or Tobin Anderson, and it's smart and funny and i think it came out in i want to say like 97 98 but it's still in print and you can get it and it, it's it's not um it doesn't have the romantic overtones but the mythology is there and the the metaphors are really interesting it, it, it's a page turner it, it's a it's a it's a thinky person vampire book I, I like it very much. If, if I can slide just for a minute into pop culture, I'm, I'm also super fond of the, uh, I think it's a deputy character, kind of a Barney Fife-ish sort of character in an old X-Files episode, which is largely built around seed counting, which is for some people, one of their yes. favorite obscure vampire yes. qualities. Yes. Goes to plot points. And it's told in the point of view of both Mulder and Scully, who see the creature completely differently. So worth checking out if you're into retro TV and you just like yes. to see what, you know, a kind of landmark supernatural series did with the mythology. Oh, yes. We love, we love that trope and also X-Files. So that was, that was beautiful what you just did there also leads very nicely into our question of what vampire tropes do you like wish you could integrate because like we said we are big fans of the seed counting which we we, we saw in um big bad big bad me by ashley uh, lachlan yes and it made us very excited yes um so are there any vampire tropes that you want to integrate that you haven't yet because there's so many i would like to do a next level brawl you know, we're, um, there's all this conversation now about influence and leadership and politics and who commands an audience and how they do it. And so I, I wonder sometimes what would happen if a vampire with the power of thrall could be a, a, a rock star or a cult leader or a politician or 
you know, a, a fashion designer with with access to countless fans, maybe maybe even an internet influencer or podcaster who cleverly placed themselves in sort of plain sight by running a podcast that talked about vampire fiction to lure people and yet with each word they uttered were were drawing their listeners deeper and deeper under their thrall I love it Subscribe so to our Patreon. Subscribe. Does that work? Oh, would that work? I don't know. We need it to. But oh, we have we we've tried that. We have a vampire book club. So just and shirts. I feel like we need to send. I feel like we need to send her a, a vampire book club shirt in the mail. Definitely. Pretty sure. Definitely. As an aside. So excellent idea. Yeah. Yeah. You need that. Okay. Anyway. Oh, and Claire, you have to ask the next one because this is. Oh, this is always me. I always so ask people either what they're having for tea that day or what snacks did you enjoy while you're writing? Because there's been quite a few books I've read lately where I, I worry about the authors. They must be just hungry all the way through. So, what snacks did you have while you were writing? Because you can't write about this much food and not get the hunger pangs. Uh, for writing, I am fond of the deep red and deep blue black grapes. Ooh. What do they call the moon drop grapes? Oh, delicious. Mm. Nutritious, delicious, and a bit suspicious. Yeah. Do you have candy floss grapes in America? I don't know what that is. Um, well, yeah, but we don't call it we don't call it candy floss here. Cotton candy Cotton grapes. Candy. Candy grapes. Have you seen the? Have you seen cotton candy grapes? You probably like, have them. I probably have, and I just don't associate them with the name. It's it's just a it's just a grape that tastes like cotton candy on the inside, kind of. Oh, I would remember that. I have not it tried that, but it is like now my mission in life. I I don't think they taste like cotton candy or candy floss if you're in the UK. I just think they taste a bit sweeter. But yeah. Don't spend vast amounts of money on them. Yeah, but you should at least try <laughs> I, I, them. I will not. It will be it will be a sample purchase. Yes. Yes. You're just like you For know, the you're life just... experience. Yeah, you need that. You you really well. Need you know, that. one needs to speak of grapes with some lived experience for authority and credibility. So priority <laughs> one. I love it so much. I had some really good grapes. Um, I think we were living in Seattle at the time, and I don't remember what they were called, but they were like the size of fingers. They were so long, and like it was like a thumb. You're just eating a thumb, and it was a grape, and they were the best grapes I've ever had, and I cannot remember what they were called or anything about them other than the fact that they were huge, and they were very, very dark. They were another mysterious, almost black fruit. So as I quickly check our group chat in case you ever texted me about them, because that's the type of thing you would text me about. Yeah, it seems like I really would. It does. Hmm. God, no, because I want to all find of again. that, and yeah. and I did have I, I remember this huge launch party at my house. There were over a hundred people there, and mm. we we had a full blown Italian sanguinis inspired oh. menu and. It was it a pop-up sanguinis. It was. It You've was already done it once. Sanguinis. Just... Now that I think about it. 
There, there was this incredibly elegant, huge flower arrangement, not because I had budget for that, but because um, the, the florist had lost my order. And so at, they were compensating, and so they were overcompensating, and suddenly it was the most elaborate, most gothic flower arrangement that had ever existed. And I could barely find a place to put it, but, but the impact, I'm telling you, it was gorgeous. Yeah. Love it. See, you've already done it once. You need to just do it again, but for a month. Yeah. It's true. And, you know, maybe it shouldn't be a restaurant. Maybe it even shouldn't be the sort of thing where people pay. Maybe it should be some sort of, I mean, is, is there some kind of, uh, it could be a fundraiser for the Bat Anti-Defamation League. Yes. To heal the, to heal the breach between the two communities and mm-hmm. to be pro-Bat, which only really makes sense if you think about yes. it. Yes. Yes, 100%. Still, I'll be there, and I'll be wearing the most ridiculous, gaudy heels. I'm there. I look forward to that. In fact, I would I would be interested to see, you know, any photographic evidence of what you would consider your most elaborate signature shoe choice. Okay, yes, I will share these I've with got you. Two, I can't wear heels anymore because um, knee issues, but I still have oh. two pairs of heels that I refuse to get rid of because they are just art mm. and one of them is like an ankle boot with a stiletto a silver stiletto heel and yeah. it looks like um a haunted forest mm. on it and i freaking love these shoes but i ref- i cannot wear them they put my feet into cramps my knee will explode if i ever do wear them That's a shame. but i refuse to get rid of them because they're just so beautiful. It's such a shame perhaps you should have a little shelf and a tiny light above it that shines mm-hmm. on the glory of these boots. Yes. You need to turn on a turntable. Yes. Yes. And yes. then uh, maybe their boot destiny is actually larger than that of other boots. They are, a, a, yeah. they are, as you say, a showcase. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Please build. I love pretty shoes. Please build this display for your shoes. Oh, I need to. You I need love to. pretty shoes. Yeah. Same. Um. Okay. So. Our last question that we always ask everyone who's on the podcast is, is there anything else you want to tell us about? You know, you're excited about it or anything. It doesn't have to be book related. Just share good stuff. Okay. I will share a good stuff. And in my more recent writing, I have um, fully embraced my role as one of the few tribally enrolled citizens who are also authors of books for young readers and i am an author curator of an imprint called heart drum at HarperCollins children's books which lifts up indigenous voices and visions and so i would suggest that those who are big readers maybe check us out um our I, I won't go into all of the books, but our our debut YA for 2023 is Resball by Byron Graves, who's an uh, Ojibwe writer, basically drawing on his own experience growing up at Red Lake, um, sort of rocky basketball um, on the res. And then for me personally, my latest paranormal is called Harvest House, and it touches on um it's it's an indigenous ghost mystery and it's kind of a native american scooby-doo you've got five kids and a dog who are solving um 
the legend the mystery of the legend of the crossroads ghost and it's for a little younger ya but people tell me it's a page turner and if you if you like spooky stories that have a little bit of a social conscience you might enjoy it that sounds amazing yeah that sounds right up our alley when you take a turn from the vampires then <laughs> then you move on to the spooky Vampire side spooks. yeah that's that's our life that's, that's so. a very girl empowered ghost story it actually just it made uh the rise list from the american library association which is uh it's amazing books that have a bit of a gender empowerment vibe to mm, them i love it nice. we do love girl, girl power too so good yes yes I love all of that that's amazing oh, i love it so where can people find you and where can people find out all about this these brilliant things just pop over to uh cynthialydicksmith.com and everything is there or you can find me on several of the social medias but the website is probably your one-stop shopping place excellent you have a really good blog over there i read I read a Thank lot of you. stuff on your website, so it's awesome. We, we and, try to lift up new voices and the ones you don't hear from as much as maybe you should and people who are taking artistic risks. So I'm really blessed to work with an enthusiastic team that just loves books and likes to celebrate them whenever possible. So, you know, we are kindred souls here. Mm, that's fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for uh, sharing um, our posts on Instagram and responding to the random Instagram messages that we sent you to get you involved in our podcast. We really appreciate that. And we're so looking forward to reading more of your stuff and then forcing you to come back on the show. <laughs> well, thank you, dear ones. Um, in school language, uh, Mado. Mado means thank you. It has been a delight speaking with both of you. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. It, it, it's lovely to be that other Cynthia that um, had the vision for the Tantalize series, if only for an hour or so. And I'm excited to share uh, this podcast with all of those folks who might be interested. Oh, yay. Thank you. Thank you you you. so much. So that's it for this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we are live in a chat about the short story, The Hitman and the Tea Lady by and with our favorite Jackson Ford. This is the first in a new series of live episodes we're going to do every month that has five Wednesdays. So we really hope that you enjoy it. Look out for our Would You Rather polls and monthly challenges on social media. Don't forget about our book club on Discord. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. Thank you.
you can find us at fictionalhangover.com follow us on instagram threads tiktok and youtube at fictional hangover and find us on facebook at facebook.com slash fictional hangover if you like this episode check out our others and be sure to rate review and subscribe so you don't miss out and finally special thanks to Liz emerson for our music you can find her on facebook and patreon thanks for listening <laughs>